Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes, you can hear gentle Manchester rain, but I can also see a swan uh, for I'm walking along the canal towpath on the way from Piccadilly up to the Etihad. And this is, I guess, why Manchester City is an experience sort of full of contradictions, really. So there's so much of it that's very pleasant. I love Manchester anyway. I love, and I have for many years, it's come record shopping here when I was a, a student, which I really enjoyed. Um, but it's a great town with great people. Um, and I love walking along the canal on the way to the Etihad. It's fun. It's a really like, pleasant way to go to the football. And of course, there's so much else to, 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 to recommend it. Um, what city have been as a club in English football for such a, a long time to have supporters with those sort of gallows humour who were never put off in their numbers when the club fell all the way down to the third tier and they were still getting 30,000 in Main Road. There's so much of City that I think is is the best of of English football, that is the best of, of football. But of course they've become something quite different in the last 10-15 years and they're known as something different all over the world because they are known all over the world. When I lived in France 12-13 years ago, they always used to write the Premier League table in the newspaper and they just wrote Manchester United as Manchester. And if that was the case, if United were Manchester, 
what was City? Well, that didn't count, frankly, in an international sense, and and that's all changed. Now, tonight, we're going to be seeing what really could be a Champions League final in terms of quality. Arguably, the two best teams left in it, with apologies to Real Madrid, in City and Bayern. And yet there's this, as I said, this contradiction, this feeling um, that... I've been thinking about a lot this season because um, in the last season and a half really because um, as some of you will know I now live in Newcastle where I lived as a student and really the atmosphere in the city around the football has been better than at any time since the first year I went to university there which was the one they nearly won the league in 95-96 where they had a team of you know, genuine superstars with all due respect to the players that are there today there are some good players but you know none to match Beardsley and Ginola and Ferdinand in terms of Dazzle so it's not really just about what's happening on the pitch though it's about the fact that people feel like they've got a club again because they've just had 15 years of basically a guy not just not giving a shit about the team not giving a shit about the fans and not giving a shit about the club and that's what's hurt people and to have people who interact with the fans who who want to improve facilities engage with supporters make the women's team better just like they have here at City all those things are important to people but of course there's the question of where the money's come from that money is doing a lot of good to the team to the club to the city which is such a, a vital part of just as they have here in in manchester you know everything that the club's done in terms of enabling development around the stadium around the etihad everything they've done in terms of engaging with schools underprivileged areas i think people when they just look at the teams and they're not from the city they don't really notice that they don't really think about why it's important and they don't really understand why people quickly get on side with owners wherever the money's come from because if they engage not just in terms of buying great players but in terms of improving the community and understanding its needs all that stuff really really counts but of course there's the question of where the money's come from now on this night of contradiction as I just run across the road and try not to get flattened. I can't think of anyone better to speak to than my friend off on the continent, Miguel Delaney, who's written so eloquently, so stridently about the sports washing issues in the game today. Sometimes in the face of like quite a lot of abuse from fans who just don't want to hear and fans who see every criticism or perceived criticism of their clubs as a criticism of their very being. But we've got to get past that. So when I get to the Etihad, me and Miguel are going to have a little chat about it.
all very egalitarian, booing from all around the stadium, now, including the away supporters for the anthem. nearly tackled into his own net there by Erling Haaland of all the ways you could find to let Haaland score that definitely would have been the daftest on at all wrong foot top corner Zoma no chance I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Edison. All the most dangerous buying moments have been Leroy Zane. We've got great reception at the start. Clean through there from the Musiala pass. Edison had to get all the way down and push it out of the way of the uncom- un- oncoming attacker. He did a pretty bloody good job of it. Five minutes is where they're looking a real rabble at the back again. Given there's 20 minutes left, if they're not careful, they could play themselves out of this tie. And I say that with full understanding of the modern phenomenon of Champions League comebacks. Maybe that's done. Very, very cultured assist by John Stones. Oof. Thomas Tupel's looking at the little television in his dugout, but you don't need to, to know the defending was a bit small there.
So we've just come back from Yetihad. I was saying on the way that it's kind of the pinnacle of club football. You know, it could be the final in terms of quality of the teams. Now, I, I guess like people who know you for your writing and know you for your public persona could sometimes overlook the fact like how much the, the thing that always strikes me about you is how much you love football. Like you count the amount of times you've seen Leo Messi yeah. live for good for goodness sakes. Now I love that. I love that about you. This is the pinnacle of club football, but it it's not all about the football. How do you, as well as covering it, as well as writing about it, as well as doing your job, how do you enjoy it? And how does writing about what you write about affect how you absorb and enjoy, say, City in that situation? Well, I mean, it probably has affected it because now at this point, I think we're at an unprecedented point in football history where I think to, to a far greater degree than ever before, in a actually way that's incomparable before, what happens off the pitch directly affects what happens on it mm. I mean and you know, this is something we've discussed so much um, the, I, I would say that everything that happens on the pitch now I do put it in that context and yet there's almost still a little bit of psychological detachment in that you can obviously appreciate good play on its own terms even within that context and even like I mean it's still a truth that it's still just 11 players and the manager I mean there's still, there's still like human quality to it but it's about now I suppose how those humans have been put together the wider context around it, that you, you can't escape it but there's still the, the beauty to the game I mean, and I, and I suppose this is it you can, you can appreciate the beauty of a Guardiola Manchester City yeah. while having the biggest questions and discussions about what it's all supposed to mean and how it's been financed I mean it's the funny thing about Guardiola actually if we're, we're talking about him the, the fact that Barcelona the first time completely well Barcelona as coach completely wore him out and he thought going forward after he'd taken his break why he liked the Bayern job so much is because they're so structurally strong and all he has to do is football he doesn't have to think about anything else and City is that to the nth degree you know it is just football and nothing else and he completely disassociates himself from everything else doesn't he and, and is it you you could uh, I think people could very make, make a strong argument that he willfully shuts out all the wider discussion given yeah. that he, he's occasionally been asked about a press conference and hasn't answered all that convincingly mm. uh, he's been a bit glib isn't he oh yeah completely especially when he, when he, when he was asked about by Rob Harris about the wearing the yellow um, ribbon in support of mm. a democracy in Catalonia and then was asked about the, the lack of democracy in Abu Dhabi and fairly his, his answer was less than convincing in that regard, and, and but this is this is this is the mess that football has got itself into, um, and and England is a, you know England's a prime example of this now because its regulations and all this, and a story I think that sums up a lot of this for me that's so indicative of everything is that when Roman Abramovich was run by Chelsea, he initially went to Barcelona and Real Madrid, and while, for all the problems of of those clubs and all the questions what have. They were ring-fenced because they were fan-owned. So what's he do? He comes to England where everything's for sale. And, of course, that doesn't just apply to football. Football is just a reflection of wider society. The weird thing I was talking about on the way up here, the, the weird juxtaposition with City is City have all, almost always, like when, when I was a kid, uh, like watching football in the late 80s and early 90s, they were the realest of the real. Not just because they were rubbish and they dotted between two and sometimes three divisions, but 
the fans stuck with them whatever there was something incredibly admirable about City and now there's something completely different but of course this isn't unique to to Manchester City in, in a different way like the way that Barcelona were a symbol of Catalonia and now they're a globalised entity that have become more like Real Madrid than Real Madrid. It's just modern football, isn't it? And the one thing that should be acknowledged in all of this, I mean, fans are really, although, I mean, some of them will openly celebrate all these trophies they win from these ownerships, fans are really put in an invidious position and in that they, even if they were to protest to the strongest degree, mm. as, the, as say, as cases like Ashley with Newcastle, Manchester United with the Glazers show, they only have limited power. Mm. Um, now, I suppose a counter-argument to that is, is what we saw with the Super League, um, where England was actually one of the few countries that really, where, where the, uh, the protests were truly influential, given there were no German clubs involved. Do you think that English fans realise how much power they've got? Because to, to, to me, that should have been a eureka moment. They should have understood. Because, you know, the German clubs, as you said, because fan power is so mobilised there, they realised that, you know, <laughs> the clubs realised that they could never even approach it. I, I think I, I think there is an element to that, yeah, and and I think that's it's culturally conditioned though, because it does feel like that, and this applies way way beyond fans. It, I think it influences fans, and that it feels like so many people in English football, where obviously the main driver is finance, as we can see, mm. as we, especially with the, with the growth of the Premier League, but from that, it feels like rather than looking as the basic unit of football as being the sport and what the sport is supposed to mean too many people look at it as the basic unit being their own club and that doesn't serve and I suppose we, for, for me tonight at um, the 3 win over Bayern I think we had a moment a little scene that summed up where modern football is better than I've, I, I, you, you almost couldn't really script it are we going to talk about the banner and really what, what came from the banner yeah. so it's 67 minutes just the point where the city are beginning to I think overstretch Bayern because yeah. they've, got, they've got that bit more quality I mean like that should be a 50-50 game but it isn't and it isn't for a few reasons but one of them is now because basically I mean one of the reasons that City now have Haaland is because Bayern could no longer go to those wages I mean five years ago he probably would have been at Bayern I mean Bayern were ready to offer him 35 million a year and that still wasn't yeah, enough and, and, and it, it's, it's remarkable yeah. so 67 minutes just the point when City are beginning to stretch Bayern that, that further the Bayern fans bring out this unconnected to what's happening on the pitch to be fair bring out this banner saying um, Glazers Sheikh Mansour all autocrats exclamation mark uh, f- football belongs to the people mm. um, and the response so I know just the first thing that should be said in this is that people will, will think it's a bit rich in a different way Bayern fans of all clubs are saying this given they've cannibalized their club has cannibalized German football but that's kind of the point I mean we're talking about fans who've actually argued against Qatari sponsorship so they've argued against something their own club yeah enrich their club it's fans thinking about the wider game rather than their own club Mm. and the response to this was to sing Sheikh Mansour's name Um, now I suppose (laughs) it's worth actually standing back what that represents in that way because the most um, open interpretation of Sheikh Mansour is that he is an, a private owner who is also a family member of uh, an autocratic state with a terrible human rights record and which criticised human rights record. Now, human rights groups themselves wouldn't go so far as that. They'd openly describe City uh, under this ownership as a state project, uh, a sports-washing project. And 
there's a fair argument. The pe people, supporters dispute the term sports washing. People in football dispute the term. I would argue it's actually it's too limited in what it describes now. But I, you, you, at the very least, that entire scene was basically a, a perfect illustration of sports washing or imperfect illustration, if, if you if you like. And is it an illustration of as well of the difference between um, English and German fans, not just in terms of understanding the power they have? but understanding the value of collective power because it feels to me as if we're very individual. It's something we talked about before um, off mic, the fact that, you know, if I was a City fan complaining that I got charged like 65 quid away at Arsenal, Arsenal fans would leap on me and say, well, you probably charge that as well and Tottenham charge that and Chelsea charge it. When actually it would be better for all of us if we recognised what was the common good, which was something, is something that, that German fans are, are very good at. And in that way, they're more advanced than us. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And, and again, and, and first of all, as regards to ticket prices, I've, it's one of those things you often see these discussions develop on Twitter. I've seen fan bases, within fan bases themselves, within the one club fan bases, dispute uh, ticket prices because some fans defend them as basically being well this is a way to, this is a way to, for the club to compete actually defending <laughs> price increases and others obviously saying this isn't what football I mean and, and that's one thing that should be acknowledged even even as regards some city fans in the crowd singing Mansour's name tonight if you actually when you speak to city fans who go regularly mm. it's much more complex and nuanced than kind of than, yeah. than, than people w would think and that, that should always be addressed as well um, but but yes uh, completely it, that's G German fans just uh, there's such a and again it should be acknowledged that this isn't to say that German football is perfect mm. uh, obviously the 50 plus 1 has created a situation where or sorry I would say it's fostered a situation where Bayern are so dominant but the reason for that isn't actually 50 plus 1 mm. the reason for that is because that 50 plus 1 has to operate in a global model where what's actually happened Mm. Bayern are the major club and part of this people will call it a cartel of groups that does now include clubs like Manchester City who've argued for more and more enrichment from the Champions League towards the super clubs yeah, it doesn't really make sense to say um, this system is wrong because it works and all the other ones are broken yeah. so we have to break this one as well that, 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 that's exactly and in fact if more football cultures or more more countries followed the German model this would be less of a problem Finally, I know you've got an early flight tomorrow, so so because the Champions League never stops, Miguel. But um, do you think it's an inevitability that City do get to the point where they win the Champions League, maybe this season? Because of course, lots of people thought that about PSG. I mean, I have my doubts over whether their project is actually about winning stuff, but that, that that's that's a different question and one that we don't have time to get into. Do you think it's an inevitability that the City win the Champions League? Oh, I've long thought that. Even at some of uh, Guardiola's most, I suppose, fantastical Champions League eliminations, where it, <laughs> felt, it felt like it was fated. It's always felt like just but through sheer force of numbers. I mean, w one of the reasons he hasn't won the Champions League is because it's a cup competition. It's it's yeah. it's uh, it's much more open to the nuances of luck and the bounce of the ball than Easily the league, I've league is. But yeah. that also works the other way. And that the more money you pump in in that way, the more it gradually erodes that, and eventually. I think it, it pretty much has to happen. It looks like it's going to be this year. There's no guarantees about it, of course, but if ever there was a year, even more so than 2021, it feels like this year, because it feels like, in terms of pure quality on the night, uh, and, and, and in terms of the teams, for me, City are uh, a fair few levels above all the other Champions League teams right now. The 
Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.